Go. Hi. <laughs> so this is Tennis Rockers. Tennis Rockers, baby. I wanted to do a quick shorty episode on parents that want to take out their younger child. So I took Gogo out to. So what age? You got to clarify. She's five. But what would you go up to? What's your ceiling? I'd say like ages three to six. Okay. Three to six. Got it. I took her out to the tennis court, daddy-daughter time. And I want parents to know that there is no special magic as a tennis bro with kids. Every parent says the same thing to me. Like, well... Your kids must be really good if, if you're, <laughs> because you're, I mean, you're a tennis pro, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like the opposite, <laughs> right? At least not yet. No one's had this thing where they're like all in. So we're not there yet. But my goal isn't elite tennis for them. I want them to enjoy tennis. So when, when they're older and I'm older, we can hit a ball around and up to this point, they seem to like that. So every time I say, hey, you want to go to the courts? And it's not all the time. It's every few weeks. I'll get out with one of them. And I try to do the one-on-one time with them on that. And it doesn't always go tennis. <laughs> it sometimes, it just completely... It doesn't always pan out the way you thought it was going to pan out. No, and I've gotten really good at having zero expectations when we go to the court. So I'm going to recount for you what just happened on... Uh, Thursday night, I took my took Gogo, my five year old, to the tennis court. And I said, "Hey, you want to play some tennis? Daddy daughter time. She's all in. Can't wait to go." So we. Does go. she still want to play with, play with your full size Aero Pro? That's what she uses. <laughs> she, no, no, she's she, five. She's dad, playing with a full size Aero Pro. She asked me. She goes, "Dad, can I use my yellow racket?" I said, "Of, of course," because I don't want to use the other ones. And I was like, "Of course." Honey. Does she really talk like a New York bookie with a cigar in her mouth? Yes. Oh, that's great. It's like she's had a five pack of habit day for twenty years. She's <laughs> got that great. voice, absolutely. Wow. And we get to the court, and because of pirate camp, my tennis camp, we have painted old Wilson boxes behind every court as targets that people can build up. Yeah. Right. And they're almost behind every court at this point now. Every shanked ball in the planet ends up in those. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because they're open at top. Yeah. Yeah. So we we get there and I said, Hey, let's just do some some bumping. So here's the first part I usually do with, with, with my kids. I've always started this way. Where I will stand between the baseline and the back tarp or mm-hmm. the back fence, and they'll stand on the service line. So this way they're not hitting over a net. Because I think that mobility is so important in movement and tracking. So those are things, and balance. So tracking, movement, balance. And can you clarify that? You got to come on, man. So when you say those three words, I want you to give specific examples. So tracking is the first word. What are you talking about? About going after a ball and not hitting to them. So I want them to understand that in tennis, you run to a ball that it doesn't always come to you. So again, of like, oh, back up, it's a high ball. Oh, moving, it's a short ball. Go over here. So it's just moving them around side to side, back to front, but in a smaller context that there's not another barrier. So there's the net then becomes another distraction. So as opposed to basketball where someone's going to pass you the ball. Correct. The ball is free-floating, probably going, it's going away from you because you're in a competition, so you've got to get to that ball. So that's tracking. Right, and, and then adjusting to the height of the ball 
And by, I think that a lot of adjusting to the height so you can get the racket to meet the ball. Correct. But if there's a net in the way, that's another distraction, a barrier. So now what you have is you have a five-year-old trying to work on tracking while being distracted by getting it over the net. And what is the net equal failure, right? I don't want that to happen. So the net's not in play right now. I'm right. just focused on tracking. And then you said mobility. I, do you want to just right. stand so that, tracking? That's, or? So, so, the, so the, the height of the ball will be one thing. Right. So the mobility part is the chasing part How of it. How high the ball bounces after it hits the cement. That's Correct. the height. Yeah. And then the mobility part is chasing the ball. Okay. And then the balance part would be, you know, like getting in position where you're not falling over your COG, center of gravity. All right, hold on. on. So that basically means when you've when you've successfully tracked yourself, you got your and you've moved, so you tracked. Oh, the ball is over there. For a little kid, they're not going to know that's on the deuce. And then you've applied mobility. You've been able to shuffle over there, or whatever you're going to do for a little kid that's probably not ready yet. You're going to shuffle to the ball, and then the third component. We're going to run to the ball and then stutter step. Right, but then the third component you just said, what was that? Balance. So you got to have balance because so, when you go to hit that ball if you're not if you're not if your body's not positioned a particular way you're the ball is not going to deliver the result you want but i'm not saying any of this to my daughter right i don't say any of that <laughs> that's you're thinking it, but yeah right, right. right but there's there's a rhyme and reason sure and we brought her skateboard all right so, so with so the, actually before sorry i gotta rewind for a second when we got there we spent five minutes on her skateboard I said to her, she's like, oh, can I ride my skateboard around the, I just bring it. I'm like, cause that's for balance. I get all my kids skateboards, yeah. uh, penny boards to work on balance for sports later on when they're like year and a half too. So I recommend every parent should get their kid a, a skateboard early. Just keep it around the house. And she brings her skateboard. It's probably since about five minutes on it, cruising around. And then she's like, I was like, you want to hit? And if she had said, no, I just want to keep skateboarding. Then that's all we would have done. And you'd have been okay with it. Totally. You're not like, listen, we're on the tennis court here. No. I'm a tennis pro. We got to teach you tennis. This is what we're going to do. Get over there. Do this. No expectations. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so she gets her, she goes, can I go in your bag? So I was like, oh, do you, you want to hit or keep riding? She's like, no, I'm going to hit. Can I use your racket? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So she goes in the bag. She gets the, the Aero Pro and she's on the service line over there and we're bumping. And I said, what do you think we can get to? 2,000. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. And then when I count, you know, so, so when they were super little, yeah. I'd be like, one, 25, <laughs> 700. Right. And they're like, oh, we did it. Right. They have no concept. Right. Yeah. Now she does. So we start bumping and this lasts about, I'm not kidding, three minutes tops. And then she's like, oh, you want to want to play? And I said, what do you want to play? That game where you throw balls at me. And I was like, oh, gladiator. So we put a racket at the tee. I'll stand on the other side of the net and I'll put five balls on the racket. She's got to run from the baseline up to the tee, grab a ball and run it back to the baseline. And I'm throwing balls at her. So if I hit her, she's got to put the ball back is the idea. And arguably, I would call that mobility and footwork. But all she cares about is that Dad's trying to throw balls and hit her, and she loves missing them by running around. So that goes on for 15 minutes of that. 
So we've had skateboard for five, three minutes of actually swinging the racket. So the skateboard, I just want to pipe in here. The skateboard is really almost like a blanket. It's something she's familiar with outside the scope of the tennis court. It's what she likes. And so you brought it with her because it, 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 it's, it's kind of, it helps her make the transition because she doesn't spend a lot of time on the tennis court. No. So no. it's kind of cool. She's with that skateboard more than she is on the tennis court. So it's kind of cool because it kind of, it's the gateway for her to be on that tennis court. She's like, okay, yeah, I could do this here too. And she also, it works there. on balance and it right. works on balance. So you're, it's a it win-win. Works. Yeah. And, and pumping right on, on a skateboard would be the same thing as like pushing off. Right. So these are all pushing off interchangeable, re- pushing off to return a serve. Right. Yeah. Or anything. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and all interchangeable without looking at like black and white. Well, that's not tennis. Right. So, so you get five minutes on the skateboard. You get 15 minutes of playing gladiator gladiator and then okay. three minutes of hitting okay so that's 23 minutes right okay now we had the court for an hour so then she's like oh can we use the boxes i was like yeah she's like let's build forts i was like okay so we get out like 30 boxes and she builds a huge pyramid and i and she goes no no you build your own over there <laughs> and i was like okay and she's like oh oh let's try to knock them down so now we're nowhere near the net. These are built by the back tarp, by the back of the court. So we're yeah. hit, so we build them. And then the idea of the game she came up with was she'll toss me some balls and I'll try to knock down hers. And I toss her a certain number of balls and she tries to knock down mine and whoever can knock down the most wins. Except... She doesn't really want me to knock hers down because she really likes it. <laughs> so can she go first? And I said, sure, honey. So I toss her 10 shots and she wails them. She misses a few. And then she starts drilling the... Now she's probably, I don't know, seven feet, eight feet from the from my fort that I built with these boxes. And she gets so excited when she hits it. Boom, right? And it starts teetering and falling. And I probably have about... 18 boxes in mine and she knocks a good part of it down i was like oh we're out of balls my turn she goes no i don't play it anymore (laughs) classic kid and i was like okay i said so i said okay fine what do you want to do she's like oh let's play the gladiator game again but and there was like this all-purpose ball under the cart i know you throw balls at me and i'll block them with the with the all-purpose ball Okay, great. So then I start throwing balls up in the air and she's doing like the Jedi thing where she's trying to bump the balls with the ball. That goes on for about five minutes. Oh, I have another idea. I have another idea. I'm like, pick up the racket, pick up the racket, use the racket. She's like, (laughs) I'll use a box and catch the balls. Okay, tracking. I'm okay with that. We're still in my wheelhouse, but now she's catching a ball with with the box. I really want her to use the racket though, because I want her to play tennis with me when she's like 18. But that goes on for another five minutes. And then she says, oh, I have an idea. And I'm thinking, she's going to pick up the racket now. She's going to pick up the racket. She goes, I'm going to run behind my fort and you throw balls at me. And then I'm going to run out and grab some loose balls and put them back here. Okay. Do you want to use the racket? No. 
okay. So now she's behind, but I'm not allowed to throw the ball because I really want to throw that ball and knock that freaking thing over. <laughs> I really want to knock her fort over, right. but I know that if I do, she's going to get upset. That's not the game plan. So I'm throwing balls lightly. Like it bumps the fort. She runs out when she hears it. She grabs a loose ball, runs back. I got the ball. Another five minutes. Hey, dad, do you think I could do the fort thing with my racket? I mean, do you really want to? And she's like, I, right. I'm like, oh, internally, my internal commentator is like, all right, we have like, I don't know. What are we at now? 15 minutes left. Yeah. We have 15 minutes left. And it goes to, instead of bumping the forts out now, we're not doing the fort. She's going to go on. Now I'm still on, on her side of the court. I'm just behind the service line. She now wants me to throw the ball high so she can use the racket to try to hit it. Not over the net. She just wants to hit it. Okay. And so I start throwing balls. This goes on. And we're usually about, probably about five, 10 minutes now of just the racket now with that bouncing. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm going to say, our hour's up in five minutes. And I say to her, hey, can I just toss you a couple? Because I really like the way that you, you were swinging the racket. Okay. And then, and then so we, we go to the baseline. And I haven't even mentioned the net. I don't say try to get it over any of that. And I think I toss about 20 balls in that five minutes. And she just takes a few cuts. And I think it said one point I said, oh, remember, shuffle back, shuffle back. That was the only thing I told her to do because I threw the ball away from her, but she's already conditioned to run for it because that's what we've been doing the whole time, like running after balls. And I would just say, I just said, oh, remember to shuffle back. It makes it a little bit easier. That was it. And she shuffled back 20 shots and then it was time to pick up. And she goes, dad, can I run into my fort and destroy it? <laughs> I was like, you, like hit it. And she's like, no, I want to run into it. Go for it. And then she put the rack down. She runs into it. Blows up, and then we clean up the court, and we're leaving. I said, "What do you think?" She goes, "Can we do that again next week?" Done. That was it. It was directed on her. Is what she wanted to do. We got ten ten minutes of like what looked like tennis in the other fifty minutes didn't look like anything. Probably to somebody else, but she's leaving, saying to me, "Can we do that again next week?" Right then the mistake would be, I knew it. She likes tennis. I'm fully in. Here we go. Ready position, footwork, split step, rotate, drop the dip and rip, baby. Remember to rotate. Oh, you can use extension on this or rotation. What do we, don't forget your head, your COG, right? These are, this is not the time nor the place is that I am creating an emotional connection between my daughter and myself on a tennis court that over time, I'm hoping that shuffle back, she must, she'll ask me, she'll look at me and say, what should I do here? Can you make a suggestion? And I always say, can I make a suggestion? And, and, they, and my kids say, no, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> Fiercely fabulous, they'll say, I, I don't really care, Dad. I just, I'll hit the ball with you, play some mini tennis. But that's as much as she, she goes, right? But I think it's important for parents to understand that I'm not running my kids through this regimen of footwork ladders and technique. The first 
and foremost thing in the front of my mind is the relationship between myself and my kids and then slowly brainwashing them about tennis that it could be so fun in any way, shape or form. But I want to be, I want to be a little bit, um, because people might hear this, you know, not everybody's going to have boxes and sometimes people are going to be worried about taking a skateboard onto the court and they're going to be, I think the overall spirit of what you're saying is to not be afraid to take, first of all, take bits and pieces from their life and bring it onto the tennis court. If this is something that you want to encourage in them. So whatever it is, it could be the kids into drawing, bring the, bring the, you know, the, the, the colored pencil set and the stuff onto the court, bring it onto the court, whatever it is. <clears throat> and then try to find some analogies to it. Like, you know, well, if you know, if you're into drawing, you know, when you learn eventually, when you want to learn strategy, you got to figure out, okay, if I hit the ball here, where does it go there? And you could use the pencil in that way. And you could sort of build the analogy from there because they're drawn to drawing. Oh, you know what That's, you can do too? Here's one too. I take that, make that a game. Can you draw me the tennis court? Then I want you to draw me where you want me to hit the balls. Right. And then it's like, really? Yeah. So draw the pattern, then I'll do it over here. Right. And then ultimately they're going to say, well, can I try the pattern? No, I'm. Got, it's right. my time. It's right. daddy time. Right, right. But th there's a game. You right. just invented a game. But and so in saying this, I just want to be clear, clear because I think there's going to be people out there who say, "Well, I don't have all these boxes. I'm not going to bring." And and the people at my facility would never go for a skateboard on there. And I get it. I totally understand it. But what I think Coach Sully is suggesting is bring bits and pieces from your kid's life if you really want to inspire them to want to play tennis. Bring bits and pieces from their life and bring it onto the court. Then when they get on the court, don't necessarily look at this as a because I I think that there's I think one of the things you're opening up unknowingly by saying this is that there's a lot of preconceived ideas about what you do on a tennis court. This is the approved place for doing this. And it's this activity and this is what it looks like. And it, thou shalt not deviate from that. You can deviate from it a little, you know, like, oh, we could use the red balls and they could go up in the air and yee, but thou shalt not deviate from what tennis is supposed to look like. And there might be some judgment from the facility people. Like, what do they have out there? They have a skateboard. What do they have? Like, I have that balance board that I, that I got, you know, for the kids. Yeah. I love it. Um, but I, but I, I will say that as a, as a customer parent, whatever payer there is, you don't, you don't think like this because you're at, it's, it's kind of like your artist space to some degree, like the tennis court is your artist space, right? And you're willing to go out there and it's your canvas and you're willing to do certain things that arguably other pros are not even willing to do, right? But you're willing to do it. Well, I think a lot of tennis, a lot of parents are, you know, of that mindset, like, well, that's not appropriate or that's not the space that you would do that or it's very regimented or very checklist. Like you had, I actually, I had somebody on the court who who I brought in for a consulting just to, to look at form to make sure I wasn't, the boys weren't hurting themselves. And it was so hilarious because what she said to me was, she said, you know, why don't you like work with them in a non-traditional way? And I thought this was really cool. We were doing this exercise. I don't know if you ever saw it, but I brought baseball gloves and then literally I was, I would fire off they would, and we, I could still, we should still go back and do that, but we brought baseball gloves and I treated it like baseball. 
And so I literally just fired ball after ball after ball, sky high in the air, or I do like a grounder or whatever, and they would chase them down and they would be standing in a sea of like 350 balls at the end. But they were, they were, they were like, oh my God, this is harder than I thought because a tennis ball bounces way more than a league baseball does. But they were, they were having to do the tracking thing that you're talking about. They were having to go toward the ball. And so you could bring a couple of baseball mitts onto the court. Right. I mean, you, it doesn't have to be, I'm just saying, you, right. Well, hold on. So you're, that's a great point. You're a parent that plays baseball and your kid's like, I want to play tennis. You're like, ah, oh, really? <laughs> right. you're, you're going to play tennis over America's sport. Are you insane? Right. right. But ready? Here's one. Serve it. And I'll catch it with my baseball mitt on the other side. Right. right. But again, figure out ways. And then I'll chuck it back at you and then you try to return it. Right. Right. All and then maybe I'll, ch- then you return it really hard at me and I'll try to catch it like a ground stroke. There it's- is so much you can do with, so, and this is the thing I think I, I see a lot where a parent that plays tennis comes out with their younger child. I'm going to, let's go younger now, four or five year old. Right. They walk to the service line. They make them turn sideways and they drop the ball directly in front of them. Right. But that's not even close to how we play the game. Right. It's not, it's not even how we play the game. So, right. And this thing of like, you must get it over the net. But we're not thinking that kids processing takes longer at those ages, that the brain body connection's not there. So, it's better to have them just chase it. Why does it have to be a one bounce? Why does it have to be, why does it have to be over the net? Why is that the sign of success that you got it over the net when that's actually one of the most difficult, like the technique it's in itself is a nightmare. Now you're going to get it over the net and keep it in the court. Why do we use the net as the barometer of success? Oh, you got it over the net. I would argue controlling the ball with me at five and being conditioned to move around is actually way more. Well, we do that because the, because the majority of people out there that are playing the sport, look at that as the barometer, as the measure. I got it over the net and that's the, that's the job, but it's the barometer, but getting it over the net is actually at the higher levels. We do get it over the net. Yeah. It's actually about making the other person miss. The right. net's almost a non right. uh, sequitur for me. It's a game like, of keep away. It's not a... Right. Like, like the net is is really rare. Right. If anything, it's long. The game is called long because I'd rather hit it long than in the net. So we're all trained to hit it. You know, I always tell students like long. I'm like, you don't need to tell me it's long. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm right. not okay with it in the net. So when that happens, one out of... you know. So really what you're calling attention to is, is that we need to... For, for people who are not, you know, teaching kids this way, we need to really think, rethink the, what the measure of success here for kids, let them play with the racket and also their imagination. Right. Don't come out onto the court with this expectation at that age that they're going to one focus for that long on this sport because they're not right. And getting them just comfortable in the atmosphere, um, around the court, yeah. using a racket, the right. ball, and then not using the racket and the ball. And here's the thing, you're correct. A lot of facilities won't have anything, but if you have a three, four, and five, and six-year-old, they have something that maybe you've lost. Imagination. Imagination. Their sense, yeah. of, oh, jinxies block out. Jinxies block out. They lost their, it's because you've lost your, and I think, here we go. 
sense of play. Kids have a insurmountable, endless depth. Wellspring. Of, well, there we go. Wellspring, wellspring of a sense of play. Right. And fun. And yeah. if you've lost that as an adult, right. You are slamming that out of them, yeah. which is not a good, and you, but, but not in that you're going to ruin it for them. Right. Because you have to engage their sense of play, but an inherent in the kid's sense of play. Okay. And this goes directly against most adults is a series of pretending, uh, mis- making mistakes, right? Mistakes. But they don't look at them as mistakes though. No, they don't. I'm just we, saying. We do. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. We, the inherent in their sense of play is this creativity and learning and making mistakes. And there's this whole mashup of stuff that the way they conceive of it. And that's the danger as an adult, because as an adult, you're like, yeah, okay, okay, I'll do that. Sure. All right, go ahead. Let's do it. Already the kid's like, you don't want to do this. Why are we even doing this? Right. And it's like, now we're not bonding. Now we're not, you know, and then it's, and then as an adult, you're like, but is that really the way the game should be played? That's the way they want to play the game. That's that's the way they want to play the game. So here's a good example. My do- I like chess. Again, I'm not very good, but I like it. I like the game. I like learning about it. And I think you just like wearing a tweed jacket with. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I have. I actually have the skull. I'm just board. joking. I have I the just, skull. I have the skull. I'm just joking. Yeah, chessboard. Yeah. But when my daughter, fiercely fabulous, was younger, like two, three, four. Right. We should play with the pieces. Yeah. Whatever, and then. She was like, how do we play? Try to stack them and yeah. well, whatever. And yeah. Designs on the board. Yeah. And then eventually we get to the point where we could start playing. We put, I'm a big house rules guy. The rules don't apply until you really want to know. Right. So the way we played chess was I would explain how each piece moves. But then she'd say, she, I mean, pawns would be jumping like four spot, <laughs> spots. You know, the the uh, the bishop could all of a sudden move in a U shape, not diagonal. Right. But what I hope I was doing was the connection between us having a good time. Yeah. And the rules were always fluid until she got to like middle school. She's like, I'm going to do chess club. And she started spouting off some rules. <laughs> some house rules. Oh, man. Mm. And she was like, she comes home. She's like, Dad, you lied to me. <laughs> and I was like, I did. Until I said, there were house rules. She goes, well, this is not the way we play. But then she came up with the real rules. And now we play play. Right. But that's there was a moment of embarrassment at the chess club. <laughs> she was like, wait a minute, the bishop can't move in a U shape? Yeah, but see, this is that fine line. What you did, it didn't easily frustrate and create a barrier, an emotional barrier for that kid because kids get easily frustrated. And what, and, and and what so did they get? Oh, didn't, that's didn't. the word. That's the word. Mm. Frustrate. What if they have an idea right. that's a sense of play and imagination right and you're and you're kiboshing it right with your with the rules you're you you are directly but isn't this what we're doing you're causing but the isn't this what we're doing at some level in the tennis lesson when we have these little kids to some degree isn't that what we're doing that's exactly what we're doing 
And I'm not talking about parents here. No, I'm, I'm talking, talking about everybody. I'm talking about coaching. Everybody. We're, we're actually doing that because we're basically saying, this is not what you do with this. This is not what you do with the ball. This is not what you do with that racket. This is not what you do, what you do, what you do. Because it's almost like we're afraid that, oh my God, if we go down this road and we let them do this with the tennis ball and we let them, what is going to happen to the sport? What's going to happen to people? Oh my God, there'll be chaos. People will be angry. They'll be running out of here. They'll be shouting in the streets. This tennis club is over and done. It's done, done. Tennis is done forever. We're doomed, right? I mean, isn't that what? But And why? I don't know. Because it doesn't look like the system because the system is it's that this doesn't is the look way like you tennis. do this is the way you do t- i'm not talking play i'm talking this is the way now play implies the game i'm talking about this is the way you do tennis this is that is not no but, but, you but, do but you're tennis. but you're you're enforcing hold on i disagree with you on this I, I okay I, no no yes on that part yeah i disagree with you on the play part we're imposing a way to play yeah. at the younger and say, you can't use your imagination when kids are wired for imagination. We are telling them, stop using your imagination with the rocket and the ball. Yep. Nope. It's not a guitar. No, no, no. the <laughs> tennis balls are not breasts. The tennis balls are not take them out. Nope. But they're like, look, 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 they're discovering themselves. Yeah. They're right. The, the boys are putting the racket they're not eyeballs they're, they're right. not eyeballs they're not no you know. right or right. W- what's the the best lesson i ever gave here's my here i think i told you this i, I was teaching a, a little hitters class early on and the best part of the whole lesson was they were like getting a little unruly like to the point where i thought someone's gonna get hurt and I was putting, dumping the tennis balls into the cart and I missed the entire cart and all the balls went ever, and all the kids dropped. They were like, oh my God. And then some mom's like, my daughter loved the lesson last, the lesson last week. <laughs> Can you do that what, again? what did you do? I mean, right. she just said you were the funniest guy ever. Right, right. And I was like, well, I guess I'll be dumping out the cart. You know, it turned into national lampoon oh. tennis, <laughs> tennis, tennis. Clown was here. My kids love to celebrate a, if they've got the, the cart next to them, they love to celebrate with ball fireworks. Like if they've done a shot, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, you take like four or five balls and you shoot them off and, and you have ball fireworks. I mean, that's just fun for the kids. And it, it, and what that does, what we're ultimately saying that does is it, deepens uh, it for it builds a relationship to the game it this is a place where i've enjoyed myself this is a this is a this is a atmosphere this is a this is a place where i've enjoyed myself and i want to keep coming back there and they will want to enjoy it yes and they will fine tune it over time yeah so if i got three minutes of shuffling back right but she got 57 minutes of everything that she wanted to do over time, I might get six minutes next time. I might get nine minutes and I might get, and eventually I might get a half an hour, but she's five. Right. So by the time she's eight or nine, I might be getting 45. And here's a radical crazy thought. But what if we said, um, What if we said, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have tennis tournaments for anybody under 10. Maybe we should reimagine the way we do these tennis tournaments 
and they should become more like free flowing, artistic, creative times for the kids to express themselves like in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, how about old school? Like, how about old school? How about you say you're having, don't even call it a tournament, where you have a bunch of kids over, call it something else. I don't know what you're going to call it, and say, all right, guys, you know, we have all the courts are open. Um, go ask somebody to play. Right. What are we going to play? I don't know. Whatever you want to play, use the court. Right. Go for it and see what happens. Somebody will play dodgeball. Oh, sure. Somebody will end up playing frisbee golf. When you when you did frisbee golf, my <laughs> kids, so fun. my kids loved frisbee golf. They loved it. We went to the hardware store and bought. We got to do that. Eight or ten we got to, we got to do that this summer. Buck a piece. Yeah, we got to do that this summer. But no, yep. but that's that's a good example. And that was like when you did the frisbee golf, you were demonstrating, you were demonstrating a stroke. One handed backhand. Right, the one handed backhand by extension, ex, full extension, and the wrist snap. Yep. And somebody would sit there and say, "But that's not tennis. That's not what you do. That's not how you do tennis. That's not the way tennis is supposed to look." But what we're saying here is, is that it's a different version of tennis and that's okay. You should be okay with it because what it's doing is it's deepening and developing people's interest and love for being on the tennis court. And eventually that will morph into them playing the tennis that you recognize or are used to. Right. And isn't that ultimately what we're saying with what you said, I want to talk about the way you teach kids without losing them. You're ultimately getting at, this is the way we inculcate people at a very early age into liking the atmosphere of the tennis court and the sport. And that if we do the opposite, which is what we've been doing, which is you come on, you got to get it over the net, got to get it over the net. And if you don't, it's kind of like, yeah, well, eventually you'll get it over the net. Good job. You got it over the net. Let's keep going. Let's hit another thousand balls over that net. You're inadvertently shooting yourself and tennis in the foot. You'd be better off if we just said there's another path, even if you don't want to scrap tournaments for kids under 10, I understand for everybody, but you say, okay, for a certain segment of kids, who have started out this way and are interested, let's go down this path where it can be not a tournament, but a <clears throat> almost like a science fair <laughs> for tennis. No, I think it's great. But it's like, yes. oh, on court one, did you see what they're doing? I've never seen that before. Well, like, you know, what well, are they so, doing? Holy crap. So you're like in preschool, they have like the sensory table and then you can yeah. go to the other section, right. right? Which I love actually. Right, right. I love that. I mean, preschool is awesome. I just think it's one of the coolest things. Right. And what if you had in your facility different props on each court? Right. For kids that are, uh, let's say, four to six. Right. And it just go on down. Go for it. We got some boxes on this court. We got some skateboards on that court. Right. And someone's like, oh my God, they're going to fall and get hurt. Fine. Put something else out there. Just stop trying to prove it wrong. Or what if you had a series of mini trampolines? Like I'm looking at a mini trampoline right now, but yeah. if you had a series of mini trampolines. Sure. And you're like, okay, well, and I remember when you were working with my kids on some of the, the balance issues and you were like, okay, do three jumps or whatever. And I'm going to feed you a ball. And then I want you to jump off and I want you to set your position and do it. And it's, and to somebody who's seeing it, they're like, what the hell is this? What are they doing? Right. But you're, but, but if you have those mini trampolines, and you have like a whole series of them. You guys, you could be doing like mini trampoline, bouncing and tossing tennis balls to each other, right? Tossing tennis balls and catch and the whole thing. Or one guy's holding a floating hoop and the guy, the other guy's got to get it in there. And now you're, 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 you're 
teaching. It's not direct tennis. It's not the tennis that you know or the way we do tennis, whatever you want to say. But you're getting people to be in that atmosphere and they want to be there. And they're suddenly like they have fond memories of it. And then they can bring that love, that interest to playing the sport it the way that most people are used to seeing it. Play. So atmosphere is everything. It's everything. And I think we miss sometimes for the smaller mm. people in our lives. The little guys. kids. Yeah. That ready? Walking into a facility is a big deal. It is a huge deal. Yeah. So that's why pro sports spend so much time on Chicago Wolves. Big wolf head that has flames come out. Like, check that out. That's so cool. Right. When I took Mighty M to see the monster trucks, I mean, it yeah. is 100% geared <laughs> towards like, and, and and adults too. They're like, whoa, it's, a, I mean, it's yeah. like the loudest thing ever. I yeah. mean, it's so cool. Yeah. But what that, I think we take away when we're in a parent trying to teach a kid tennis, uh, one of our kids, right? That we're, or, or anybody at that at a younger age where we discount the impact of just go like, so our courts are down are subbed. So uh, they're submersive. They're down, right? They're below ground level. So like you're going down into a basement. What's down here? Right. Like what do my kids all want to do when they were little kids, when I bring them to work, right? Hide behind the tarps, right? Like, that's a great, do you remember, my well, oldest still says, do you remember when you used to hide behind the tarps? Right. Right. And and like, when you, when you just direct them in the checklist life to this is the court, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. You're dispiriting their natural inclination for creativity and wonder and, um, interest and what, what do, in this oh, atmosphere. And what do those things give that give them? <clears throat> what does it give them? Come on. Well, it gives them a feeling of comfort. We talked about it in a previous episode. What does it give them? Confidence. Confidence. Keep going. Come uh, on. Come on. Uh, just fill it in for me. No. They, oh. they, I'm not. I'm not going to make this easy for you. They are. Hold on. They're, they're allowed to use their own imagination. You mean the intrinsic motivation? Their own creativity. Uh -huh. they're, they're guiding what's happening in this amazing place. Right. What do they have a sense of? Belonging. Autonomy. Autonomy, right. Oh, they're okay. Yeah, they're yeah. not being well, dominated. Covered a lot of stuff. There. Yeah. Well, but, but, okay, hold yeah. on. But all those things. Right. Ultimately, to have intrinsic motivation, you need autonomy. Yes. And you don't learn autonomy if every single idea you have was shut down. <laughs> if they see, if a four-year-old sees- If you're a, told directly how to do something one way every time. If you're not given the, la the, the, the latitude, you got to be given the latitude- to try to try to do it different different ways and different things. And I think, and I'll be honest with you, I think that was one of the scariest things for me to some degree because um, I was not the pro coach going into this like you are. And so when my kids were hitting a ball, at some point I had, I had some anxieties about, am I screwing this up for them? Because- Which is nor which I get. But I wanted them to have the autonomy to come to the sport and own it their own way. And so we've had multiple conversations over the course of many years about grips and the way that they're hitting and all this other stuff. And there's still maybe some stuff that's screwed up, but it's not too late because they're still young. But the point is I made a conscious choice to not have it be so scripted and tight because I was like, if they're going to like this game, they should like it for playing it and having fun with it. Not because somebody showed them just the right technique. Scripted and tight. 
that's and I right. had the benefit before I had kids of teaching for nine almost a decade. Yeah. So I saw it with parents doing it with good intentions. I, sure. Not, they weren't there. Like they just right because it's like well this is what they know. What well, I've, it, wa- it, I've it's watched that it's cultural. It's that cultural signal. We're going to a tennis club. This is the way that we do tennis. This is the way we play tennis. This is appropriate. This is inappropriate. It's all those cultural signals that we've built up over the last hundred years. Without, and it's so scripted and tight, we're not considering that our audience is three, four, five, and six because they don't care. They're on a whole other wavelength. So let their wavelength happen in this area the way it's meant to happen. So schools are good with that as far as like at least preschool and kindergarten. They're really good with that. But I think that's where maybe the tennis facility is falling short too, right? Because it's too scripted. It's too tight. And there's not, you know, people will say, well, we have mini tennis. Well, yeah, we have mini tennis and we have coach so-and-so and he or she's really fun and they do this, but it's still too tight. You know, it still needs to be, it still needs to be more loose, more fluid and and incorporate, integrate lots of different things. Yes. But I, I really want to make sure that we're not convoluting this, that, that we are, where there's two things here. There's yes, as a coach of doing what you just said, but any parent that wants to take their kid out on the court, just let it happen the way it was meant to happen, the way they can do it. But that we was, that, that, we're, we're mixing both those things. That's the whole point of saying that we need to approach this court in a non-traditional way, because that's the whole point of letting right, right, it right. But I, but I want the parent that's not a tennis player also to feel free that you, even if you don't know anything about tennis, get the hopper upstairs at the front desk and just be like, Hey, I'm just going to get, can we get some rackets? And my kid's going to run around and don't, don't make the first thing you do, sign them up for a class. Don't right. make that the introduction. Right. Don't do that. Right. Just, because it's a, because it's a big scary atmosphere and they need to feel comfortable there and they need to be there with the person they trust, which is you, the parent and, and go five or six times. Right. You don't need to know tennis. Right. They don't care. Right. You, and I think that's another thing we have to be careful because we want to dispel is that just as much as this is the way we do tennis and this is the way we play tennis and it's done, it, there's another subset of that, which is I can't do this because I'm not the expert. And I think what you're saying is you are the expert. You're the expert parent. You're the expert because you know your kid and you know what they like to do and what they don't like to do. You know what they consider to be fun and you are the expert. And so don't get sidetracked into thinking you can't go onto that court and work with them because you're not a, you're not either a tennis player or a tennis player pro. You are the expert. You are your own expert. You're the parent expert. Right? And do not be embarrassed because you know what, when, when, when I'm a coach and I'm, Put away your internal commentator. Correct. And you look over and you see me teaching a college kid or a really good adult or whatever. And you're there with your kid. They were there once too, right? Isn't that what you're thinking? No. What I'm thinking is, oh, look at that. Somebody else is coming over to the family. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm thinking. And yes, I am thinking that also. Yeah, we were all there, but there, there, that's what, what I'm thinking is that's where it starts. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And you can walk over and ask me. Right. Just walk over and ask me like, Hey, I was, I was teaching my kids something. I said, you know what? Don't teach them. Just spend time with them. And I'll show you the grip. And then over time, maybe you can show them the grip. 
but take the time to just spend the time on the court and let them explore it. Yeah. You explore it. And don't worry about whether you know the game or the proper technique right now. Right. Your kids are too young. Right. They're not there yet. And don't force a system on them and make it scripted and tight. I like that. And enjoy the fact that it's sweet and it's goofy oh. and it's silly. And they do and say they make cute sounds. And oh. they make, do you know what I mean? They they make faces and they laugh and they have a great time. And revel in that. Revel My in that. Gogo was like bursting us. It was just every idea that came to her. I mean, I was like, there's like nine games right now. Cool. <laughs> right? But you got to let it roll. You her neurons were firing. Oh. Her brain was developing. She was having a great time. And if she decides to get there in whatever way she gets there, she'll get there. Right? Isn't that your? That's it. That's it. And, but again, I'm not going to do it. That wasn't one time. We're already talking about next week already. There you go. And, and then, and she knows that she can say no at any time. Right. I don't really want to do that today. I'd rather do something else. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's draw. Let's use Let's play at home and use our magnetiles. Right. It's, it's okay. It's all good. But the main thing is not feeling the pressure. And are you a drawing expert? Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> But you, I love the but draw. you get in there. I love the draw. But you get in there yeah. and you draw, and you're not a drawing expert, are you? No, right? I'm not. But you do that because you build a bond with your daughter, and you're willing to just do what she wants to do, and you're trying to follow her road. Because I haven't lost my sense of play, and I'm willing to laugh at myself. Right? You can't insult me. You really can't. I'm a generalist. I'm right. never trying to be, I'm actually never trying to be an expert. And, and you know, and you've said to me like, oh, well, you know, you are an expert. Yes, but by default, because I've been in this for a long time. Sure. But I didn't set out to be an expert. Right. Right. I'm a generalist. I find people and I find information highly interesting because I have an overexcitability for will to know. But you weren't, the point I wanted to make was just that you're willing to jump in with any of these activities because I have a sense of play. Right. And if you kill the sense of play in somebody or yeah. in yourself, right. you're going to lose them right. at a younger age, yeah. specifically. I'm talking about, I mean, very specific here. And younger kids, if you cannot engage their sense of play, you will lose them in anything that you're teaching. Right. Which is why I think they say everything you learned, you learned in preschool or in kindergarten. That's because they're hyper aware of the sense of play. And not the sense of how to play. There's a huge difference. Well, that's, that's because so, look at what, look at what happens in school, right? As kids age up into school systems, there's less and less play. Just it's just right, less and less. Play. Right. So think of that. We're 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 your instinct is to play, but we're saying that the way you're playing is wrong. That our way to play is is that's is the how to book on how to play, <laughs> and you're like, what? We're the experts on play here, buddy. <laughs> right. And if you do it our way, it'll be fun. <laughs> right. But I don't want to do any of that because I have a different sense of play from your system. I have a different system of play. And here it is. You ready? Oh, here we go. We hit a button. And ready to hit you, a button? No. If you and if you don't think it's fun, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> And so the person is like, I guess there's something wrong with me. I don't find this fun. I don't, I don't. <laughs> but, but you know what the five-year-old says? Hey, you want to come back again? No, that's okay. Let's do something else. Right. And that's your answer. Right. So if you want the answer of, can we do that again next week? Yep. Engage their sense of play 
one. Two, don't get hung up on what you know and don't know and let it happen the way a sense of play from a younger person would like it to be directed in the way they want it to go. That's my recommendation. After 20 years of tennis, of having kids for 10 years, this is the best I can tell everybody. And what you'll walk away with is a great connection to your kid. And hopefully over time, they will stick with the greatest sport ever known. I think you just rocked your brain and your body. I'm just going to say that. Tennis rockers. All for now.